and welcome in to the I Want to Know podcast. I am your host, Greg Jones, and I'm the one leading you on this inquisitive departure into audio wisdom. Today on the show, we have Rosalinda Randall. She is the author of Don't Burp in the Boardroom, Your Guide to Handling Uncommon Workplace Dilemmas. Should be a fun chat. I have a lot of stuff to talk to her about. But first, I want to talk to you guys about the show. Thank you for uh, telling friends. Thank you for spreading the word. Keep spreading that word. That's the only advertising this show gets is you guys and your good word of mouth. So thank you for that. Also, have a pretty big announcement at the end of the show involves another podcast. So stay tuned for that. And just a reminder, don't forget to check out IWantToKnowShow.com. Click on the guest section where you will find everything you need to know about whatever guest it is. In this case, you can find links to Rosalinda's books, her Twitter, her Facebook. All of that will be right on the guest section of IWantToKnowShow.com. Don't forget to check it out. Enough about me, enough about the show. Let's talk to Rosalinda Randall. She is a civility and etiquette trainer. She's the author of two books. First, When Junior Comes Home from College, A Guide for Parents and College Students. But also our main topic today, Don't Burp in the Boardroom, Your Guide to Handling Uncommon Workplace Dilemmas. Rosalinda, thank you so much for joining me today. It's my pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. No, thank you. You know, I saw the title of your book and I thought, well, this could only lead to some interesting conversations. Uh, not the very least would be how many people you've come across burping in the boardroom. But before we get into all that, I got to know, I mean, I guess technically you're an etiquette expert. Is that what you'd call yourself? Yes, but I don't really focus on etiquette unless I'm you know, asked to do so when, when I get hired. Um, etiquette, the way I describe it, is more of an attitude. You know, for example, I know we, we sh- I I think it's great for people to know, you know, which fork goes with what, and where, which one is your bread plate and how to hold the wine glass properly and all that good stuff. It, it will come in handy sure. at some point. However, I focus more on the relationship, the, the communication. Are you listening? The rapport you build with someone. So, for example, if you and I were chatting over a business lunch and we were getting along fine, I was listening, sharing things, finding things in common, and you saw that I picked up the wrong fork, you would either overlook it or probably not even notice because what is more important is our conversation and building trust um, and a relationship, as everybody says. So that's what I focus more on, the civility on, I guess my motto sounds very elementary school, but <laughs> uh, say what you mean without being mean. And wow. that's what I think we lack so much today. I agree. And I like that. I mean, does anybody really notice if you pick up the wrong fork, honestly? No, I unless mean, you pay me. And well, you yes. <laughs> yes. Please tell me if I'm picking up the wrong fork. <laughs> yes. So uh, do you have, you know, like official training in this or have you just kind of picked up not how to be rude throughout the years? Like, how does that work? Well, I started teaching, yes, just informally at my children's school volunteering. And then I was trained and certified at the Protocol School of Washington. Um, But that was years ago, and it has since changed hands. Uh, But really, where you get most of it is just in your industry with colleagues, with mentors, just keeping up talking to HR people, just having the pulse of, of today's world and ever changing, even in our social life, uh, with with cell phones, with texting, with all of that stuff. So it's just a lot of research. And as I said, industry sharing with other colleagues. Um, But the main reason I was able to just glide into this and again, not focusing on the etiquette, although I know that stuff, you know, the forks and all that that we mentioned, but it was more the foundation that I had uh, growing up. And really everything I do, the book, everything is 
really off six traits. And I just Mm -hmm. think those to me guide everything I do in my life. Now, do I fail here and there? Yes, I'm sure I've been rude (laughs) to somebody sometime, but I really try and live and make every decision based on those six traits, which my parents fortunately demonstrated and to this day uh, demonstrate. And that's really how I was able to get into this business. Can you give us an example of these six traits? Oh, sure. Uh, Let's say courtesy, consideration, uh, tact, uh, respect, humility, and humor. And all of those I, I saw every day. I mean, even though my parents were, you know, strict and I couldn't, we, I was always allowed to say whatever I wanted, but in a respectful way. Um, we had a lot of humor and I think humility was a huge part too. And I still believe in that. But when I mentioned humility, a lot of people go, well, I'm not going to get stepped on. I'm not going to be meek. That's not how I think humility is. I think it's it's just being a little bit more moderate in your speaking, uh, being able to apologize, being able to accept some criticism, and maybe not doing anything with it. So that's another big one. Yeah, it almost seems like the word humility has received a negative connotation. Yes. Like you can't, you can't be, uh, you know, humble without being, you know, <laughs> weak or, or whatever. Yes. And yes. it's unfortunate because I, I think, uh, you know, a little hum- you know, humility, a little bit of humbleness would really go a long way. There's a lot of, it seems like narcissism in today's world. Oh, well, social media, we can be, but it's, well, yes. it's, it's encouraged. disguised. Yes, it is encouraged. And it's disguised as, oh, sharing everything, sharing our lives with everyone. Do, do people really care? You know, uh, I don't know. Maybe they do, but Not, I think we need to pick and choose a little bit of what we want to share too. That's I, a whole different thing. I completely agree. Um, all right. So your book, I don't burp in the boardroom focuses obviously mainly on the workplace. Did you have someone burp in the boardroom and you're like, <laughs> well, I got to write a book about this because this guy is crazy. Actually, I think that's where it all starts with those tiny little things. You know, you're working with coworkers or even uh, in a, in a love romantic relationship, you know, once the burps and the forgive it, uh, forgive the expression, farts start coming in front of each other, it sort of changes the relationship. And without divulging too much of my personal life, I mean, I still don't do any of those things in front of my husband and we've been married for years, nor does he. And if something slips, we just go, oops, sorry, excuse me. We still (laughs) do that. So, you know, I, I just think that keeping some of those things in any relationship, just, just, elevates it and it doesn't let it deteriorate as quickly. But yes, to respond to your question, I did have a colleague who is also an international etiquette expert, Jacqueline Whitmore, and um, we were brainstorming. So she did inspire the, the, the name of the book. But the first story I had already written, and that's why we kind of came to this, was I was walking with a, a business colleague and we were walking down the hall. He was taller than I am. And I looked up and I saw that burp, you know, the puff cheek kind of burp where oh, you yeah. make a sound, but your cheeks inflate and then you let it out. And because uh, because he was taller, I smelled his lunch. Oh, no, you got dusted. Disc- yes, thank you. That's a good term. Uh, yes. And and that's when I thought, okay, no, we I, we can't do this. So that is, so it was an inspiration for the book. <laughs> that's hilarious. You know, and we all think we're being so sneaky with that. Yes. That's true, but we can see your cheeks. Right. Turn away, or I'd rather you burp and go, oh, excuse me, pardon me, or something like that. 
just like to all the people on the freeway that don't have tinted windows, I can see you pick your nose. Yes. Just so you know. That's incredible. And you know, okay, this is the part where I can be a little bit sassy and borderline rude. <laughs> I happen to have tissue box because I, I don't know, whatever, in front of my car. And I saw a gentleman do that. And I pulled a tissue and I shook it to him like would you like it i know isn't that terrible of me but he just looked away and luckily it was a green light we both went on our merry way but oh i had to i just had to that's awesome because sometimes you want to like hold up signs to people like i can see you or you know you're being a horrible driver uh Uh but that's perfect because that's uh the nicest way to be rude yes thank you i love it (laughs) i feel better yeah um (laughs) all right so back to the workplace what are some of the bigger problems that you've come across in the workplace bigger problems. Well, recently I've heard more and more cussing mm. and that's, I, Guilty. I you know, well, <laughs> okay. Uh, I work alone most of the time, so I can do whatever I want. Nobody has to know, but, True. uh, you know, I really think it depends. Uh, for example, somebody was talking about the F word and it has become so mainstream that, it no longer carries its weight. In fact, I wrote a blog on the day the F word lost its meaning, you know, or impact because it's now used as an adjective for good and for bad, you know? So it's true. We become used to things. Um, When I was growing up, I was never allowed to say shut up or stupid. I mean, though I would be in trouble if I even said those words to my siblings or anybody. And now it's just so mainstream. And there are some people who still believe that it isn't, professional to use that word in the workplace. Others say, well, if it's going to make an impact, go ahead. So it really, I, I, I tell people, see who your colleagues are, what the, what the situation is, because someone who might be offended by some of those words can run to HR and, you know, land you in sensitivity class or something. So, yeah, you know, I'm one of those people where it's becoming sort of normal. So I don't even blink twice. Um, if someone chooses to, to throw in a cuss word, um, I just think reserve it and make it for those times you really want to get your point across. But yeah, that's, that's one of them. Another one is that I've heard is people uh, on their speakerphone. That's just an annoyance for people that work around you. Right. Yes. I I don't want to know what your boyfriend wants you to pick up on the way home. You know, just just pick up the phone and and talk. Uh, Stealing from the lunchroom refrigerator is still a huge one. I don't understand it, (laughs) but I I don't know. Just bring a couple of yogurts. Don't steal other people's yogurts. Um, Right. They're 69 cents. I think we can handle this. Um, someone said, well, that's, and I say yogurt because that was one of the most recent items that, um, someone told me that their yogurt gets stolen all the time. And I said, look, this isn't the best solution, but if someone keeps stealing your yogurts, they love yogurts. Why don't you bring in a couple extra and just put on there, this one's for you and, you know, (laughs) take your own yogurt. Sometimes you just got to go with it. You know, what about filling it up with mayonnaise and resealing it? Ooh, (gasps) that's good one. I just thought that'd be great. That would be. Oh, gosh. I like it. (laughs) Maybe drop a couple berries in it to really make it look convincing. (laughs) You you are devilish. I like it. Okay. I've been thinking of revenge all morning, and we'll get to this in a little bit because my upstairs neighbor. So I want to talk to you about that once we get out of the workplace stuff. So, yes, revenge is on my mind, hence the mayonnaise. Mm, Okay. But Uh, that's a harmless 
revenge. You know, that's more of a prank. So yes, exactly. That's okay. <laughs> so talking about the uh, the speakerphone and even the you know the f bomb not carrying any weight, but that I totally agree with. And I feel like that same thing has happened with the word bitch. It feels like everyone, hey, what's up, bitch? Like it's no yeah. big deal. And now we've had to uh, resort to the c word to actually have any sort of effect on people. Oh, that's right. Uh, which is it is interesting. It's like, hey, how about you you reserve your your bitch calling for when you need to call someone a bitch? Yeah. Um, and the speakerphone thing. This this is thing I want to talk about because there's okay. someone at my park near where I live. You know, we we walk the dog every evening. And we see the same person every time, and they're always on their speakerphone walking around the park, and they're not jogging, so it's not like well, I can't hold the phone while I jog kind of thing. Why do people think, A, we want to hear your conversations, and B, isn't it much better call quality to hold it up to your face? Like, how is this benefiting anybody around you? I can't answer that. Not under that circumstance. It's just, you're right. You can hold it to your ear, but maybe they don't want to because their hand has to be up there versus down here and it's more comfortable. I I don't get it. And it's the same I, thing at work. And luckily, I work with one other person and, and we're pretty cool with each other. But I've worked at other places where people are just on their speakerphone. It's like, shut up. Yes. Uh, someone told me, and I think there was something going around Facebook, uh, someone put out uh, sort of as a public service, is join their conversation since they are oh, publicly that. allowing it and just go, yeah, that sounds good too. Uh, you know, just join in. Uh, but you I've do, absolutely done that. Have you? Oh, and, yes. And what was the reaction? I'm curious. Uh, mostly laughter, which is oh. good. I had a couple people give me dirty looks mm-hmm. and then like sit back down, <laughs> but mostly laughter. Okay. I just well, you're lucky. Yeah. I, I, I worked at a place where we were mostly friends, so it was okay. That's good. But, you know, there's not much you can say, and you do take your life into your own hands because people ask me, well, I'm sitting waiting for the bus or transportation, you know, whatever, or at the airport, and people just think that, that it, it's maybe some uh, a feeling of importance when they, especially when they roam, at least stay in one spot. So I have a choice to move away from you. Sure. But I've done that at the airport. I move away and there's, you know, the chatterbox man. Uh, to, and secondly, especially if it's business, how do you know who's listening? Are you supposed to be divulging all this confidential or company information anyway? Yeah. So That's I always weird. think of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just thought with the cussing thing, you know, you said you weren't allowed to say shut up as a kid. Neither was I. In fact, I had a swear jar, but not for saying real cuss words, for saying shut up. <laughs> Every time I said shut up as a little kid, I had to put a quarter in there. And the thing I just thought of, I wonder if the suppression from our parents of like, you can't say shut up, you can't say stupid. I wonder if that kind of caused some sort of rebellion in our, you know, teen years. Like we got to cuss as much as possible. Huh. That's something I'm going to have to think about. Well, yeah, I probably shouldn't admit, but now and then I'll use a word or two when I'm alone, um, or just between my husband and I, not at him, of course, to make a point. Uh, but I didn't when my sons were growing up. I just thought I had to do the old uh, role model thing. So yeah, I can do it now. I can do whatever I want now. That's what I tell them. That's right. <laughs> um, all right. So back to the workplace. What do you do? And this, I guess, somewhat relates to the speakerphone. But what do you do when you have a close quarters coworker that chews quite loudly? Oh, gosh. How do you handle that? Not that much that you can do short of being honest with them and telling them. Yeah. That's it. Especially if they're in their little area cubicle or, 
you know, in today's workplace, a lot of it is just open concept and, and people sit here and there. But if you can hear someone, if you have, I always say, if depending on the relationship, if you have a familiar relationship with that person, you may choose to not at the time that they're chewing, but maybe later walk in and say, I just wanted to let you know, you know, we've all got some habits and, um, I'm, I'm going to interrupt myself. I'm of the belief of taking on a situation uh, to ease the awkwardness if I'm going to bring something up with someone else. So back to that situation, I would go to that person and say, you know, I had this habit, make it up or just say, I really rather not talk about it, but I didn't know. And someone came and told me, and I was so grateful because I, again, that's what habits are. We don't know we're doing them. So I just wanted to I hope it's okay as a friend uh, before it, you're in an embarrassing situation. I'd like to tell you that you do this. And I mean, that's the safest way of doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, don't sit next to them when they're eating. Just yeah. go take your break at that time. It really is. Um, a lot of these things are very delicate and you have to choose how much it bothers you and what the consequence would be if you brought it up. And a lot of times it's just not worth it. That's true, but it's really annoying when you got to hear them uh, chew their Doritos as loudly oh. as possible. Oh, that's horrible. And then don't forget the licking of the fingers after oh, that. I, you know, at least that's quieter. I don't have to hear yeah. that as much. But the, that crunch, oh, God, shut up. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Tangent. No, that's true. Oh, that's true. Or you can just say, oh, by the way, I've got to make a call. And man, those Doritos sound great. But do you <laughs> think you could save them for a little bit later? I it, I could hear it all the way over here. You know, make light of it and not so dramatic. Sometimes that, that works better. Yeah. And then fake a call to your mother or something. Yes. Um, what about, you know, a big part of uh, making business relationships is shaking hands. And then my mom's going to be so glad I asked you this. But what if you just saw someone you know, wipe their nose or scratch something inappropriate and then they want to go shake your hand or even worse, if you're in the bathroom together, you saw them not wash their hands. Mm-hmm. What do you do? How do you get out of that? Okay. One situation is if you are around other people where you may be shaking hands with other people, you just have to suck it up and shake their hand. Whatever, wherever you saw that hand go, you shake it and just leave it at your side. Once you shake it and at your first opportunity, Oh, excuse me. Oh, I see Ed just came in and excuse yourself. Go wash your hands. And that's all you can do. Now, if it's in the bathroom and they just finished their business and they go, Hey, Bob, Greg, how's it going? And they put their hand out there. You might just say, uh, Oh gosh, I gotta go. It's great. I'll I'll catch up with you. But you've got to be able to think of these things quickly because mm-hmm. if you stand there too long and just go, uh, I'm fine, and you don't extend your hand, that's obvious. Or, hey, are you kidding? Again, humor. Uh, hey, wash those hands before I shake your hands. I'm about to go to lunch. You know, so you ease it, ease the situation. And if you're uncomfortable with that, then again, I say try and leave the situation when you can. But in business, especially. Um, I've been, I've been asked, well, can I say I'm getting over a cold, like a white lie and to avoid shaking their hands? Sure. However, if four minutes later they see you shaking hands with someone else, what are they going to think? You got to keep that lie going. Yes. And that's when, what is that? Oh, what a tangled web we weave. I forgot the, the whole thing, but something about lying. Um, but typically, I, I've seen that. I've seen people lick their fingers and then they want to shake my hand. I shake it. I just make sure that, <clears throat> pardon me, it goes nowhere near my face, my mouth. I don't touch food. And um, I just go give them a little wash when 
there's an opportunity. Yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I would imagine that this subject, especially the, the bathroom uh, shaking of the hands, is, a, is much easier to broach uh, from guy to guy than from girl to girl. You know, we could easily be like, hey, man, I don't want to touch what you were touching. Yes. Well, and I think it's easier to kind of humorize that for guys. I agree. So I agree. I guess not, we have not, a, one up there. Yes, I do. And, um, you know, being, I don't know how often you visit the ladies' room, but... Uh, not too often. <laughs> they're not, not all of them are much cleaner than what men, we think, we assume, men, men that walk out without washing their hands. There's so many women I see that just walk out and, oh my, and then they're uh, putting on their lipstick and fixing their lashes. Oh, please. <laughs> you know, I, I must say, as a teenager in high school, I worked at McDonald's and... For the most part, I found the women's restrooms to usually be dirtier than the men's restroom, which I was wildly surprised at. Oh, I guess I'm not. I I, I guess you're used to it. I don't go in there very often. Yes. No, the, the things you see, you would think, uh, and maybe years and years ago, I'm talking 30s, 40s, 50s maybe, but not now. It's disgusting everywhere you go. I just think it comes down to your person. What is how you choose to do things, leave things after you've been there. It's, it's an individual decision. So I don't have to leave the dirty whatever liner that just fell on the floor. I can pick it up, but I choose not to. I right. choose not to flush. Yes. <laughs> I saw you or I heard you. I, I did some light stalking in another interview talking about email etiquette. Mm-hmm. What's, what's proper email etiquette? How long can I let this email go before I have to respond Okay. The you want to know the unwritten kind of etiquette rule is you should reply or is recommended to reply to a phone call, any inquiry email within 24 to 48 business hours. Oh, okay. And most people these days don't want to wait that long because we are attached to our mobile device where we have our email. Why can't you reply within 10 minutes? Why should I wait till tomorrow? Um, And I I do get that from people saying, well, what do you do with someone who keeps sending you an email or text or, or, you know, then they start calling you because they want an answer. Either you respond and get it over with because you know, that's that kind of person and they are not going to stop till they get what they want. So again, it's a decision that you make. Do you want to get rid of them? handle them, mm-hmm. you know, right or wrong that it's, it's, it's up to you. Uh, or you leave it and respond within your 24 hour period and that's it. Oh, simple enough. Yeah. It's, it really is because we have to set the boundaries for people. Yeah. You know, we want what we want when we want it, but the person I'm requesting it from is going to let me know when and where, and if I'm not happy with it, I have a choice. I go somewhere else. Yeah, and, and something we've kind of instituted, you know, I, I don't work with very many people at my job. It's There's there's a few employees, but for the most part, there's myself, uh, my work partner, and then our boss who communicate the most. And we've kind of instituted this, I guess, unwritten rule of email is not an emergency, text message, respond to me immediately. That's great. You've set the boundaries. You, you've... You've made that decision. I think that's wonderful. But for people outside, yeah, because then you all know what what to expect. And also another email tip that I I tell people is if it's confidential, if it's sensitive, if if, if you're going to rant or anything that you wouldn't want out there, 
either pick up the phone, request a face-to-face meeting if it's possible. You know, if they're another state or whatever, you mm-hmm. got to do what you got to do and handle it then because via email, oh my goodness, if it's anything super critical, there are so many misinterpretations, misunderstandings, um, especially if somebody uses caps or oh, all yeah. lowercase and they don't put dear and they just answer okay. An okay? What does that mean? Right. Uh, are they mad? Is it, Are they just settling? Are they, oh my gosh. So just you know, pick up the phone. Sometimes that is the best way to go. Just pick it up, get your answers. It's clear. You hear the tone of voice and you're done. And it's so much quicker. Oh, so yes. much quicker. Uh, what about dating in the workplace? Like, should this be allowed? Is it a smart thing to do? <laughs> smart. I don't know. Fun. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fun for a while. Yeah. Exciting. Yeah. Uh, the first thing I say is check with if you have an HR or policies and procedures manual. Some companies do not allow it. And this is what I've learned with all the research and talking to HR people. Some companies will allow it, but you need to inform them that you've entered into a romantic relationship. Uh, most of them, in fact, all of them, the ones I spoke with, do not allow it if it's your superior. Because uh, then we get into conflict of interest and say I'm dating the boss and my coworkers see that I got to take a longer lunch or why did I get the promotion or, oh, sure, I don't have to do all the work or, you know then you start causing problems with internally with your staff. Um, so that's not allowed. In most cases, they say, just avoid it. There's so many people. But other people who do fall in love or date say, well, I spend eight to 10 hours here. So I'm bound to, you know, there's that opportunity. And some people have gotten married and had great relationships where they met at work. And if that should happen, I just think you need to be mature uh, if you're going to be sending little love texts and uh, brushing each other against, you know, the wall or meeting <laughs> outside the bathroom or something, okay, we, we got to transfer departments or somebody's got to go get another job somewhere else. But it it can impact your work if, again, if you're not mature about it. And that's where, yeah, problems come up. And before you know it, um, somebody's losing their job or HR has to talk to you about it. So I just say try and keep it professional, friendly at work, and um, do your love talk after hours. Yeah, much easier that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of love talk, I also find that you're, <laughs> not, uh, you're not a fan of couples texting each other all day. Oh, yeah. I did do an interview on that. Uh, I told you, light stalking. Yes, that's great. I'm glad. Um I don't know that I'm not a fan. I personally, there's nothing wrong with it other than from an employer's perspective. Now I got a problem. If you spend how much time compiled, let's just go, oh, it's just a quick five seconds. Yes, but you interrupted your frame of mind on the job that you're supposed to do that I am paying you to do Mm -hmm. to text someone. And there's been studies and I, I couldn't quote you, but just in the research that I've done, it takes us about 17 minutes to really get back fully focused on whatever it was after an interruption. Interesting. Um, so give or take those minutes. I don't care if it's seven minutes. It's I'm You're on the clock. Um, yeah. So that's where I really have a problem if you're constantly... And I know couples who either talk 10 times a day, they call each other on the phone, or oh, they're constantly texting throughout the day. That's their relationship. And again, that is fine. I... I I couldn't do that. I, I, I constantly interrupted. I, I then what do I have 
for my husband and I to talk about at the end of the day when we pour our wine and sit on the patio. It's like it's been all set. It's been said. Um, so that's another reason I'm not a fan. I like to save up stuff to talk about. But it makes a lot of sense. Again, more importantly is the time. If you're on the clock, that is a lot of time that you're taking away from your your employer. I like that. Um, I'm tell my girlfriend. So. <laughs> First, first date etiquette. Ooh. Here's here's what I think what every guy especially wants to know. You went on a first date. You went really well. At least you think it did. How long do you wait to call? Oh, gosh. <laughs> you, hear, you hear that? What is it? Oh, 48 hour rule. You can't call her before then. Oh, my gosh. That's all over the place. Right. I, again, are you playing a game? If you're playing a game and you don't want, oh, and I don't mean a game in a mean negative way, but um, even playful way. If you like the person, you know they did, and you both are crazy to see each other again, you just you said it or you both felt it, I believe, why wait? Life is just too short. If you like them, if you think you're seeming too needy, then mm-hmm. perhaps a, a text the next day saying, what do you think about, and make the day for two to three or at the end of the week, you know, days later, but you've checked in and that shows that you're interested, but you don't have to see her that same day. Just say, what are you doing Thursday? There's this going on. And if you're free, let me know. Um, I think that's a good way to go. That's a good balance in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, just, but waiting that 48 hours, you know, again, that's all over the internet, that rule. Well, they, the girls know too. Um, so they're just sitting there waiting. Like, why, why is he being a jerk and not calling me? Cause most <laughs> women want to know, like, do you like me or not? Show me. So how about, how about that balance? Oh, I like that. That's a good balance. Yeah. I was always afraid, uh, you know, you'd come off as either needy or, or creepy or whatever. And I was always like, okay, I got to at least wait a day. I can't be some weirdo texting, you know, tonight. Hey, that was great. Let's hang out again. So, well, I, I just think it's a nice gesture to contact the person. Even if you go to someone's home for dinner, what do we normally do? We send off a quick email or in the old days, a thank you note. Oh, what? Um, <laughs> I know. It sounds familiar, right? Uh, to, to the person thanking them for a lovely evening or whatever. What's the difference? Now I'm just texting you and saying, I had a great time yesterday. Uh, hope you're having a great day. Uh, let me know. There, I have tickets to something on Saturday if you're interested. Or, yeah, let me know later today or tomorrow. That way she knows you want to see her again, but you're not immediately you know, stalking her or whatever. Yeah, I like that. Um, all right, this kind of combines a little workplace and a little dating and a little bit of everything together. Ooh. So my question is, do you think that technology is passing us up and making it harder to figure out which etiquette to follow? And what I mean by that is like, uh, it seems like we can't, as a society, handle all this technology. We're sending out, excuse my language, dick pics uh-huh. and you know, we're trolling every, like has technology just surpassed our ability to be normal people? Wow. I need to sit with that for a while. <laughs> let, uh, let that stew a little. Or that picture that you just sent me visually or verbally. <laughs> okay. Sorry about um, that. Oh, I'm fine. Thank you. <laughs> but it's true. That's that's what you do. Like, hi, I still like you. Look at this. I guess that's right. It it depends on the couple. Um, all right. Let me think about. And this is less the couple. This is just you know kind of. I, I know girls who meet a guy and then they go home and then all of a sudden he, he's sending them pictures of his junk. Yeah. And they're like, whoa, <laughs> not yet, buddy. Well, again, that's an individual preference. Apparently he got the vibe. 
from her that she might appreciate that, one, or two, he thinks it's so great that she's going to request another date from him once she sees what he's got to offer. So that specifically is how I view that. Um, the, The bigger picture is if you're sending stuff like that to someone you just met, so to speak, you know, you've had even one or two dates, you really don't know them. You don't know what they're capable of doing with your junk picture, as you put it, or anything else that you write or send. And that's there forever. And can it be used against you? They probably won't. They'll move on and tell that story to their next girlfriend or something. But that's, to me, the, the again, the bigger picture, the, the thing that concerns me the most is what technology does forever mm-hmm. once it's out there. Whereas before we could say something to someone or, I don't know, pose for a picture and I could rip up the negative. I know that sounds so way old, but, um, and it would be gone, erased from forever, but nothing is erased. And that's where I think that the concern comes with this technology that has consumed our lives. Uh, at a moment we're enraged or we're angry, whatever it is. And we don't take the time. And that's what I tell people in the old days, you take the time to even compose an email back in the old first computers or write the letter. Half the time you'd write it. And I think that was somewhat therapeutic because you'd see your words and reread it and go, oh God, that sounds stupid. Or there's, we don't give ourselves that time to sit. And because half of what we say is probably stupid or unnecessary. Um, So it's out there. And then things get built or, or bigger than they really need to be. And then not only now is it not between the two people having the, say, inter-exchange, now it's everyone and their friends and their friends' friends chiming in on everything. And that's where I think it's harder to get past or to really resolve anything because there's so many people involved now. And I don't know if I went way off and that's not answering your question. (laughs) Okay, I loved it. Probably. <laughs> yeah. No, but one thing you said made me think of something, which was, uh, you know, in- initially sending that picture of his junk, maybe he mm-hmm. thinks that, oh, this is going to impress her so much. We're definitely, you know, going to go out again. And that made me think, you know, that's kind of like our caveman brain catching up with our mm-hmm. new fancy phone with a camera on it brain. Oh, my gosh. Now I know where you're going with it. Yes. All right. So my final topic. <laughs> okay. Before we get into some listener questions is uh, airplane etiquette. And I am a huge fan, anybody knows me, I'm a huge fan of Adam Carolla and the Adam Carolla podcast. And he talks about this kind of stuff all the time. And we always see now, you know, fake service animals. It's like your little Yorkie who is crapping on the plane is clearly not a service animal. Uh Uh, People not wearing shoes on planes, which I think is really gross. Uh, Having your person sitting next to you and snoring and like leaning into you. I've had that happen. I had to like poke this person awake, tell them to get off me. Um, You know. The epic battle for the armrest. How do we handle airplane <laughs> etiquette? Oh, gosh. You don't fly or pay for first class. I, I guess, don't know. Yeah. One, of, one of those two. But still, you can't avoid people. People are people. Um, well, yes. And I forgot what airline uh, recently uh, refused to uh, allow someone to board a young woman who had really short shorts. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. A JetBlue. I don't know which one it was. but I want to say JetBlue. Yeah, that that um, 
yeah, she wasn't allowed to fly because of that. The one thing, and, and I'll just quickly do that, is the people who do wear short shorts, and it's typically girls with the short shorts, my legs, or if I were to wear them, which I won't, but are, are rubbing against a million other people rubbing there. And mm. the less skin I have touching public places, I, in my opinion, the better. Um, so that, that's one of the reasons that I, I refrain from that. But yeah, so I don't know which one you want to pick first. I don't know. Let's, uh, I, I guess there's probably nothing you can really do about like fake service animals, as annoying as they are. No, you can request. I did a little research on that, and they can have licenses. But then again, it varies county to county, state to state, that who is going to ask someone to prove and show a license? They can, but again, the political correctness, people will get offended that you're even right. asking that. And so people don't. I was in a um, supermarket and somebody had a dog. I mean, I love dogs. I was raised with dogs. I chose not to have one at this point because I don't want the responsibility. I think if you have a dog, you should be responsible for it and visit it every day and pet it and all that stuff. Agreed. I just want to be free and not di be dictated when I need to come home. So that's saying that I think they're marvelous animals. But in the grocery store, there was a dog and didn't have the service thing or anything. And it was sniffing stuff because the cart was close to the tomatoes or whatever, the vegetables. And I did talk to the manager and I said, is this okay to have a dog where food is? And he said, unless you complain, we as managers and employees cannot say or question. But if we have another uh, customer question it, then we can approach her. So that's where that's become. So did I want to pick that battle and go point the finger at that woman? I, I just chose like, okay, I'll just extra wash my vegetables, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but there, there isn't anything you can do. And I always say with people with allergies, if I'm going to be sitting next to someone who has a dog and I'm allergic, what, how the airlines have to handle that, you know? And like you said, if the dog does its business, how horrible will that plane smell for the next, you know, two hours? Yeah, I read news stories about them having to land early because the dog did that. Yes. <laughs> no. And poor dog. I feel sorry for the animals that they're put in situations where they need to behave like a human. And that's my argument against taking dogs to a lot of human places. And people may hate me after this, but I'm thinking of the dog. Yeah. Uh, more than the person. And then that armrest. Oh, <laughs> gosh. There are two schools of thought, and you got to just pick it. Um, some etiquette experts, whatever, say the person in the middle gets both armrests because they have nowhere to go. Mm -hmm. Other people say that they can, you can get the front of it and the other person can get the back of the armrest. Okay, what do you do? Toss a coin? Right. Uh, tell that person who you want the front or the back of the armrest. I, you know, you just, all you can do is hope that people are considerate and aware and I don't see a lot of that, but that's what I hope for every time I fly, that I sit next to a person who isn't going to grab everything and, and even come into my space. And if they do, I just, I, I've had someone, you know, s stretch out their arms and now you're in my area and I'm reading a book and I have to scrunch up my arms. So I do look at the person, just go, oh, excuse me, pardon me. Like I accidentally bump into them to make them aware. Again, right. that's that sassy kind of rude, nice new rude way, but that's how I've handled it. <laughs> Excuse me. Your arms are hitting me. Yes. Yeah. I, I, my preference is just sit next to my girlfriend so I can have the armrest. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause that's nice. All right. So we have some listener questions. I had some, some of our listeners send in some good questions. Mm -hmm. um, Scott wants to know, how do you handle in the workplace being the superior to someone that is older than you? 
oh, that's a whole generation's problem they're having in the workplace right now. Mm -hmm. And from what I've gathered, okay, this is just super general, is that the older person is the one that usually has more trouble with reporting to a younger person. And why? A couple of the reasons are that the attitude, I'm not saying this belongs to Scots this way, but um, um, the attitude of the younger person is somewhat impatient. Mm -hmm. They presume that that older person is not going to have any new ideas or anything to really contribute. And they may not say that, but the general tone when the older person speaks, oh, yeah, yeah, that's good. It's somewhat dismissed. So, and, and presuming is, is a big problem because that goes both ways. Um, sometimes the younger people look at an older coworker as their parent and how do they treat their parent? They just transfer that image or perception on that person. Hmm. And the other way around, so does the older person. They yeah. may see them as a whippersnapper, like, oh, you're, you're, you're younger than my own kid. <laughs> Why should I listen to you? You don't know anything. Right. So. It, it really comes down to, again, being open and not presuming that they, whatever the stereotype is in their mind. Um, sometimes sitting down and, and talking and just asking each other. Um, that goes with the same thing when it's, um, I tell older people, when they meet with younger people who are attached to their phone, there has to be some compromise. That's what, what it is. You're not going to change their way. Uh, so I allow for time to check their phone. And what I say is, you know, when there's a pause at the meeting or conversation, say, oh, would you mind uh, if I check my phone? The younger person will be thrilled because you're, you're allowing them <laughs> to check their phone without seeming to be, to be rude. But other than that, again, it comes down to that courtesy, respect, being tactful. Yeah, I know I ran into that issue a few times back in my day at McDonald's that I brought up. Uh, you know, I was whatever, a manager or shift man, whatever they called it. And I found a lot of times, you know, maybe moms would come in and work while their kids were at school or just, you know, retired people would come work uh, to have something to do during the day, you know, part time kind of thing. And I would find myself in charge of these people. And it was, it was actually really awkward for me because it's like you're my elder and I don't want to be, you know, just the young whippersnapper telling you what to do. But at the same time. I got to tell you what to do. And I, I try to be as nice as I could about it. For the most part, it was okay. I did have a couple people who you could tell were, were not okay with it. Mm -hmm. But And again, there's not much you can do. If you do what you can to be respectful, as you said, and considerate and kind of aware of, of their ways and tendencies, uh, that's the most you can do. Other than that, then that's their problem. Mm -hmm. All right. Dan writes in. He uh, met his girlfriend online. He said he went on a few dates before he met her with online uh, girls. And he found that uh, a lot of girls are not dressing up for dates anymore. And he felt overdressed every time. And so finally, when he went out on the date with his current girlfriend, he actually dressed down and she dressed up. And it, it kind of bit him in the, in the ass. Um, <laughs> he's saying, first of all, is this wrong of me to have not dressed up? And probably it was because she was. And what's up with everybody not dressing up for dates anymore? Well... I just think people just don't dress up anymore. Um, one of the most common reasons I hear is I want to be comfortable. Mm -hmm. And and who's going to turn you away? There are very few restaurants or establishments that say jacket only, no jeans. And I've even seen those establishments recently. In fact, it says no jeans and people were in there with jeans. So either enforce <laughs> it or don't people. But, you know, that's a different story. Yeah. Um, 
I just say back, like when I was growing up, my mom, it's better to be overdressed than underdressed. So I say to him, just, you know, in the future, hopefully this relationship goes well. But uh, if I, I still recommend dressing up a little bit more than you can. However, if the girl didn't dress up, perhaps he wasn't clear on the type of date. Sometimes when you go, oh, I don't know what we're doing or, you know, yeah, let's get a bite to eat, but you don't know where uh, she may be prepared for, you know, Red Robin or a, a barbecue joint or something <laughs> yeah. and, and not know. But um, if, if you guide someone as to what you think the evening might be, that gives her a chance to determine whether to dress up or not. And if she doesn't still after that, then that's something that he just learned about her and either you're going to like it or you're not. True. Mm -hmm. Um, Katie says that she has someone that's very picky in her office when it comes to eating. And a couple times a week, the the company uh, will go out and, and buy lunch for everyone. And she says that now that this person works there, it's been about six months uh, it's caused a lot of them being able to decide what everyone eats because they're so picky. Um, how much, so her question is, how much do you allow people's preferences like that to dictate, dictate workplace activities? Okay. Well, first of all, is the company paying for the meal and they get to select which restaurant it comes from? I, I would think that the, the company's yeah buying the, the crew lunch. Okay. Well then I say, honey, if it's free, you can't be picky. <laughs> Buy your own lunch. Yes. That's my short answer. Uh, you can't, I'm somewhat of a picky eater, but I consider myself discerning. Uh, that's a better word. Mm -hmm. um, and if I see that there are things that people brought or whatever, I always make sure that I can eat around it. I mean, there's always something to eat. So I say to that coworker, if it's free, you know, take it, be grateful or bring in your own food. But I just think that there is only so much you can do as coworkers. You're, you can't cater to everyone because everyone has you know, uh, certain things they like and they don't like. So keep in mind her top two, mine would be pickles and onions and just trying <laughs> to order a dish that doesn't include pickles or onions on the side. But other than that, I just think you just get over that coworker and that's lever. Yeah, that makes sense. I've, I've recently gone to a uh, ketogenic diet, which is essentially, oh. you know, like all meats and, and veggies and cheese, no carbs or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And I absolutely love it, but sometimes the boss wants to take us out to lunch and we go to these places and I do my best to eat around it, but it's like, oh man, can we not, <laughs> I won't say anything because I feel weird. It's like, can we not go to this place that has nothing but fried chicken and, and all that <laughs> stuff? But so I, I feel your pain, uh, picky person at the workplace. <laughs> uh, Trevor wants to, to know, he says, my wife tends to check her phone a lot, even sometimes at the dinner table. How do I appropriately bring this up to her? Ooh. It's your wife. Yeah. Okay. Well. Good luck. I I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know what your relationship is like. If it's a nice relationship, you still like each other, uh, just come out with it. I, I mean, you have to be able to me, you, you need to be able to discuss certain things um, or perhaps say, hi, honey, let's make this a phone free dinner. And, um, you know, it's a lot of work on his part, but bring out the candle or something to make it a little bit harder for her to want to check her phone, mm -hmm. perhaps. Uh, but just being honest and saying, you know, it sort of bothers me, or could you check it just before and after or in the middle? Sometimes, you know, there could be a compromise if she really does she really need to um, do to work, you know, then maybe he can be a little bit more understanding or check it before dinner, 
so we can have a nice half hour dinner without it. And then you can check it. I mean, it's, there's not much for me to say other than be honest. And if you have that, a good relationship, she'll understand. But if not, then bring out your own phone. And I guess you have quiet dinners for two. (laughs) Don't be passive aggressive and take a picture of her on her phone and send it to her. Okay. Well, if she has a sense of humor, you might get away with it, but I don't recommend it. (laughs) You may also sleep on the couch. Yes. Uh, And finally, Lynn has two questions. Uh, She wants to know, first of all, she has a coworker that she says truly has a rough life at home. Uh, The problem with that is that she tends to bring that mood to work a lot of times and it leaves an aura of, she said, quote unquote, nastiness over the office. How do I handle this person? And and is there a way to, to approach this? Well, it doesn't sound like that person is divulging all the drama. She just comes in that way. And there isn't anything that you can do other than, again, all these things depends on the relationship that you have with that person. Say again, you've been working with them for quite some time. You have a familiarity, uh, approaching them and just saying, is everything all right? Again, I always say come from a good, noble, helpful place first before, hey, you're a downer, you know, what's going on with you? That That's probably not the best approach. Probably right? not. Yeah. Blurt and tears and who knows what, go <laughs> ballistic. But uh, you can come from that place or better yet, speak to the manager, your, your boss, the boss of all of you and say, this is really affecting, this is how she is. Maybe that boss is aware, not aware, but they will be aware and say, it, it affects us all. She doesn't get the job done or the way she talks to our customers or us. It's and, and they will then have to handle it if it's the majority of people who are complaining about Debbie Downer. Um, other than that, really, I, I wouldn't recommend getting involved mm-hmm. uh, because there are people who bring in their, oh gosh, my husband again or my son again. There could be so much. We want to be, you know, uh, I can't think of the word, but nice to our coworkers and understanding. And if it's a temporary problem, hey, we've all got them and we work through them and and that's it. But if that's who they are and their personality and they don't do anything about it, what I recommend is, and if they come to you always complaining, just say, I'm really sorry. I'm not equipped to help you. I wish I were. Maybe you need to go talk to someone else. And that way you don't have to hear it at least every day. Yeah, I guess it'll make it known that you don't want to hear their problems. Yeah, because I can't help you, not because, ugh, I'm over it. Even if it really is, ugh, yes, I'm over of, it. Of course. Yes. And her other question was, and you may just be uh, poop out of luck here, but uh, she says she brings in baked, baked goods to the office here and there, and there's a certain coworker that tends to uh, annihilate those before anybody else gets to them. Is there anything that can be done about that? You can put a little note that says, please take one, one per person. Yeah. Uh, you can put, out uh, tickets. yes, loaded with calories. Uh, <laughs> if they're on a diet, um, I actually used to do that, bring in donuts and put calorie free, but, um, <laughs> he, yeah, there, other than putting them out later or being there and watching and, and say you, you can observe that person doing it, you can just say, oh, gosh, I didn't bring uh, enough for everybody to have two. Nancy, would you mind just taking one so that everyone can have one? I mean, that's so preschool, but right. you know, that's, that's one option. But if you can't catch the person, you say you put them out there and you go back to your cubicle and you come back and half of them are gone and you know she took them. Again, awkward, but you can go. But did you see her? Are you going to be confronting this person? Is it worth confronting this person? Is she going to deny it? Now you're in this, I know you did it and you're lying to me. Uh, 
or you can pass them out and walk from person to person. Would you like a donut or whatever it is and, and do it that way? There are really not that many things you can do with certain people's behaviors. Yeah, I like the, the passive-aggressive note of, you know, full of calories. Or, <laughs> that's pretty funny. Though I guess if you're annihilating all the cookies, you probably don't care all that much. No, you so, won't. So, so good luck with that. All right, my final question, and yes. I, I alluded to this earlier, is here's a little uh, look into my personal life. I have an upstairs neighbor, obviously living in an apartment, who uh, about a year ago, lived here for about a year and a half, about a year ago, uh, we talked to because the noise was insane to the point where it's, rattling the the chandelier in our dining room and the little cottage cheese from the ceiling is falling down wow and so we talked to her and she says oh well i i dance and i have a, a heavy punching bag the kind that like you hit and it springs back up so it's got a heavy base on it and we have a perfectly fantastic gym in our building uh and i said well all right well it's super loud and, and most people on the third floor don't do these things can you please use the gym and we went back and forth, and of course the answer was no. So her, uh, you know, her answer was to move it to somewhere else in the house, which admittedly made it better. At least the chandelier wasn't rattling anymore. Uh, it's still pounding. I kind of got over it. Recently, it started again, and even worse, chandelier's rattling. It was actually shaking back and forth. They took video <laughs> of it because it was so insane. Wow. And I pounded on the ceiling, and. Before I could get up there, she came down, you know, are you pounding on the ceiling? I said, F, yes, I am. <laughs> Let me tell you. And in fact, it was still going. Apparently, her boyfriend was up there working out. She told me that they bought a treadmill for their third story <sighs> apartment. And it was still going. I said, why don't you come in and listen to it? And of course, she wouldn't do that. Um, and we, we had this little uh, exchange of words in the hallway because oh I said, why don't you use the perfectly good gym? She said, well, there's just no time for that. I said, so instead of a 25-minute workout, you'd only get 23 minutes because you're walk back and forth. I mean, it got a little uh, nasty. I mean, no punches were thrown. but yeah. uh, and, and so all week since this happened, it's been quiet. And then today again, they were right back at it. What can I do other than releasing some you know, uh, horrible plague in their apartment? <laughs> you know, I had uh, a friend two or three years ago with – it almost sounds like the exact same neighbors, um, <laughs> short of the treadmill. Uh, Do they live in the L.A. area? <laughs> no, up here, but oh, okay. maybe they moved. Uh, and uh, it ended up, and I'm not saying this is where, and I don't know if you rent or own, but she owned it. It was a condo kind of apartment. Um, and they got the neighborhood liaison, you know, let's get along with our neighbors association, mm -hmm. uh, managers, uh, nothing was resolved to the point where she lost money, sold her condo and had to move. They went to court. Um, it's her place. She can do what she wants. Um, again, there comes that courtesy consideration and, and saying, okay, we'll try and do it during these hours or just for half an hour if that's okay, work with you. But if they're not going to work with you, uh, other than you going to management, uh, that there's it from my perspective, that there's nothing more if you're because you're dealing with someone who obviously doesn't care. Yeah, and I even told her that the big problem is the the rattling of this chandelier, glass and metal chandelier. Mm -hmm. uh, look, if you want to make a little noise for a short period of time somewhere else in the apartment, that's not a big deal. But and this is insane when the chandeliers chandeliers rattling yes. and, and the cottage cheese is, is crumbling off, and I have to clean off my uh, dining room table and and of course, well, we need to work out. Okay. 
Yeah, I'm sorry, but that, <laughs> and I learned that firsthand from her going through it for two years before they were able to resolve. And um, she had the right to, to make noise and do what she wanted, and that was that. Darn, I was hoping you'd tell me I could go, like, uh, you know, release some cockroaches in their apartment or something. <laughs> well, off the air, I'll, I'll, I'll have to. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that. Maybe some mayonnaise in their, uh, in their yeah. yogurt. All right, well... Apartment problems not resolved, but hopefully uh, you guys learned a little something for your workplace problems. If you guys want to pick up the book, Don't Burp in the Boardroom, Your Guide to Handling Uncommon Workplace Dilemmas, of course, that will be in the guest section at IWantToKnowShow.com. You can also find it and find more about Rosalinda at RosalindaRandall.com. On Facebook, it's Facebook.com slash RosalindaRandall and at RosalindaTweets on Twitter. Uh, Rosalinda, thank you so much for spending some time with me today. Thank you. You were so enjoyable. Thank you. You too. <laughs> Thank you once again to Rosalinda for joining the show. That was a lot of fun. Uh, too bad she couldn't solve my apartment dilemma. Anyways, enough about me. Like I said before, you want to find out more about Rosalinda, you want to buy her book, Don't Burp in the Boardroom, go to IWantToKnowShow.com, click on the guest section, and I'll have all the links for you right there. Just that easy, one spot to remember. As I alluded to at the beginning of the show, I have a big announcement for everybody. Uh, those of you who are also a fan of my other podcast, The Charity Strike, we have ended that at episode 300. It was a fantastic run. Uh, it was a little hard to say goodbye, but uh, I think it needed to be done. But check out 300 if you haven't listened to it. It was a lot of fun. But the good news to come out of the bad news is uh, that same group, myself, uh, Scott and Dan, we are transitioning into a new podcast called The Unfiltered Gentleman. We're still going to talk some sports, but it's not going to only be sports. We're going to talk a lot about beer. Uh, you know, We'll have beer of the week, but we'll really get into the beer and um, its ratings and all kinds of stuff. We're going to talk about a movie. We're going to talk about a lot of guy things, if you will. Uh, so I, I recommend you check that out, theunfilteredgentleman.com. Of course, we have all the social medias, um, facebook.com slash theunfilteredgentleman, on Instagram, theunfilteredgentleman, and Twitter is at unfilteredgents because Unfiltered Gentlemen was way too long. So I hope you guys check that out. I hope you like it. I know I say it's uh, it's talk for guys, but it's not just for guys. Look, ladies, you have a question that you want a guy to answer for you? We would love to answer your questions. Guys, you have a question that you want a guy to answer? And maybe if you have some dating questions or something like that, maybe we can get an expert on the show like Rosalinda. So anyways, please check that out. Let me know how you like it. Let me know how you're liking this show. Tell me what you thought about this episode. And tell Rosalinda what you thought at Rosalinda Tweets on Twitter. Don't forget all the ways to find the show. IWantToKnowShow.com, Facebook.com slash IWantToKnowShow. On Twitter, at IWantToKnowShow. And of course, IWantToKnowPod at gmail.com. Email me ideas, tips, questions, comments, all of it. I want it all. Please send it to me. Anyways, that's all I got for you right now. Can't wait to talk to you guys in a couple weeks. Don't forget, every other Wednesday, show comes out. So on that note, good night, everybody. Good night, everybody.